So I literally had a 3 a.m. epiphany one night and I woke up looking like a crazy person, went into the corner of our studio apartment because we have studio and um, there's not many like places to be alone. And so I wrote out this whole business plan for, I don't know, it just clicked in my head. I'm going to become a health coach. You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, a lifestyle podcast hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Tune in for a new episode every Tuesday to hear our honest conversations about topics like wellness, entrepreneurship, spirituality, and self-development with guests who are really smart, really inspirational, and really fucking funny. (laughs) It's real, it's raw, and it's unfiltered. Inspired by our transition from our 20s to our 30s, we realized it's so much more than that. Our mission is to provide you with the tools, guidance, and motivation to help you navigate any transitions in your life and propel your personal growth. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the Almost 30 Podcast. Welcome to the Almost 30 Podcast. <laughs> we are cozy in one of our favorite studios, Forward Production. In our favorite studio. In our favorite studio, because mm-hmm. the other one is my house. So. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, yeah, that's actually a favorite. <laughs> so thank you, Forward Productions. We love you guys. Um, it's a beautiful uh, morning here. Love hanging with my crew. Um, thank you guys for joining us. We hope you're having a great day so far. Um, thank you for finding us and subscribing on iTunes and for finding us on Facebook, joining our secret Facebook group. We're having amazing, open, funny, honest, deep conversations, all of the things on Facebook. So join us in there. Yes. And then thank you too for all of our Patreon supporters. So our Patreon supporters get swag, they get extra episodes, they get all of the things. So that is our OG Almost 30 Nation. So thank you so much, Patreon subscribers. Patreon.com slash almost 30. So check it out. This week. This week. We have on Jess Suchin, mm-hmm. who is... Amazing. Jess is a really good friend of mine. She is a holistic health coach. Body Bliss by Jess is her brand. That is her company, Body Bliss by Jess on Instagram. And um, so I met Jess through one of my best friends, Ryan Birch, who is my girl, my number one. And then she introduced me to Candace Birch. So if you guys remember, Candace was our hormone health expert. The episode that changed so many lives. I hear about it every day from many different people. Now Candace has gone on to be a podcast queen. She's been on so many different podcasts, so she's amazing. And then they also introduced me to Jess. So Ryan is Jess's sister and Jess is a holistic health coach, like you said. So once I got my hormones tested by Candace Birch, I knew that I was out of alignment. Um, I needed to reset and kind of refocus and figure out how I could heal my body naturally. And Jess was a pivotal part of that. So I worked with Jess as a health coach for about six to seven months. We would meet regularly. She would check in with me regularly. um, And I really got to see and understand how she coaches and works with people. And for me and the way that I work and the way that I operate, I... You know, continue to be blown away by her. I actually talked Mm -hmm. to her this weekend and I'm going to start working with her again just because she um, approaches health and wellness and the body from more of the lifestyle and um, emotional perspective than I think a lot of people do. I think, you know, nowadays people like me, I know how to eat. You know, I know what's best for me. I know what to do, but it's 
actually doing it. And so it's more so understanding why I do what I do, why I have the belief system around my body that I do, and kind of breaking through and really figuring out what's going on internally and kind of what are those internal conversations that I have with myself about my body and how can I work to change those as a starting point to first do that before changing my habits. So your habits come from somewhere. They come from your beliefs. They come from all of these things. But really figuring out why you do what you do is really important if you want to change your body, if you want to change the way you look, if you want to live and feel better. So um, Jess is really great at that. She's really a lifestyle coach in that way. And during this conversation, we really talk about the journey that Jess and I had together, working together um, to really help break my habits of binging, um, of negative self-talk, and of um, body, you know, shaming, I guess, in, in my own way. So she's been really instrumental for that. So we talk through that. We talk through how to increase your um, positive self-talk with yourself, how to really break bad habits, um, talking about a sugar cleanse. So mm-hmm. something that's really important that she's doing is a sugar cleanse coming up. And we're going to be doing that all together, actually. Almost 30 Nation will be doing that together. But we talk about sugar, why it's so bad for you. And then we kind of really get into like the health aspect of it. So really talking about tangible advice and information about health that you guys can take from this conversation. Yeah, it was great. I learned a lot, including how to, as a part of this sugar conversation, you know, basically going through the grocery store and kind of knowing things to watch out for. I wasn't aware of like products I thought were super healthy were using high fructose corn syrup or whatever it was, or certain like high glycemic sweeteners that brands use. So just being a little bit more aware about that. Um, But yeah, as Krista said, this conversation is one that you will need a notebook for. Yeah, it's amazing. So the sugar cleanse that that I mentioned, um, this is something that actually I haven't heard about until Jess. So um, she's got an amazing ebook that actually Chloe Leonard did. Um, our intern, Chloe Leonard, chloelo.com. She did her Sexy Sugar Cleanse book. And this is something that we're going to be doing together as a community to kind of get rid of sugar from our diets, um, help feel less foggy, help feel more focused, have, help feel more light. Um, so you can go to bodyblissbyjess.com to get the Sexy Sugar Cleanse and you could do it with us. We would love to work together to curb those intense sugar cravings to reduce inflammation in your body, um, boost energy level and mood. And especially something that I did with reducing my sugar was balance my hormones. So that Mm -hmm. was another amazing benefit of this. Yeah. All right, guys, enjoy this episode. Before we hop in, just a quick word from our sponsor. Hey guys, welcome back to a new episode of Almost almost 30. 30. Hope you're having a great week. Hope it's been great and productive. And we're so happy to have you here. <laughs> Today, we're on one. We're on one a little bit. A <laughs> little goofy. Jessica Suchin is here in the building. So excited. So excited. I've talked about her a few times on the podcast. She is my health coach. And she is a health coach here in LA. And she's an amazing story. Um, so we're just going to talk about all the things. Hello. Hi. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Welcome. Like so an happy to have you. She has like an angel. Oh. I know. She like mm-hmm. floats around like an angel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we met through your sister, yeah. Ryan. So Rye Birch, shout out to my girl. At Rye Birch. At Rye Birch. She's the best. I saw her on the street the other day. You did? Mm-hmm. Oh. I was on the phone Super and I model. hate when I'm on the phone and I see someone because I want to like stop. Yes. Mm-hmm. And be like, hi. And I just, it was in passing. And yeah. I was like, fuck it. Yeah, I hate that. Rise the best. She's the best ever. And 
actually, Jessica's mom was also on the podcast. If you guys remember the hormone episode Mm -hmm. with Candace, that's her mom. So she is an expert in the hormone space. That's one of our best episodes. We pretty much pioneered the hormone (laughs) conversation, I might say. On podcasts. On podcasts, for sure, Mm -hmm. and everywhere. Um, (laughs) So then Ryan shows me to Jessica. And then we got connected, and we've been working together for, like, six months, and it's been Z-bomb. Amazing. It has. It's been amazing. It's been such a cool journey. Such a cool journey. It's Mm -hmm. been amazing. So let's talk a little bit about your story first, then we'll get into ours. Like, your story, what brought you to being a food coach, your journey with your body image, like, nutrition, everything like that, because I love— I think your story's so interesting. Yeah. It's so hard because my mind goes crazy when I think about my story because I think that— my whole life has kind of been setting me up to become a health coach, but I never really knew it until mm. just this past year. And I think that happens sometimes with careers. You know, it's like your whole formation and existence happens as you as you live life and your stories and the things that you go through kind of end up materializing in whatever you end up doing. So that's for sure what happened with me. Even the negative things, you know, like even positive things, yes, bring you to what you're supposed to do, but a lot of times the negative things do more so. For sure. And I think that's kind of where a lot of what my story is more more negative than positive, but also, you know, I don't have any regrets about what I went through because I feel like I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing, which I love. But yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, my journey kind of started as a child. I was raised, as you know, by a hormone health expert, health educator, mother. We lived in a home where we you know, we'd have like buckwheat pancake Sundays, and that was like our fun day. And we never had dairy milk. We would drink like almond milk or soy milk and before Damn, it was that's cool. Amazing. Yeah, and I remember being at the grocery store and like if I got to have something sweet, like pushing it to the front because I wanted to look cool. But I had all these like Wait, veggies. That's so funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, but it, it was cool. And my parents implemented this thing called um sweet day. So Friday was our sweet day. Mm-hmm. And we could have sweets one day of the week. And then other than that, we knew that, you know, there's no candy, no sweets. We ate what our parents made us. We didn't buy the food at school. We would pack our own lunches. And I think that that's really cool because I feel like that instilled some really positive habits in me. I would love to bring that into my kids' lives too. Like Mm -hmm. knowing it's not, you know, it's not restrictive. It's like you have this day to look forward to and then you have these swap outs on other days. Mm -hmm. Like on Sunday, buckwheat pancakes, they were still awesome. We still used real maple syrup, but it was just not the same. Mm-hmm. The white flour. Yeah. 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 So being raised that way, I think, yeah, it was had a huge influence on my interest in health. And then, um, I mean, fast forward, I would say going into high school when we moved, we actually, I grew up in England and then we moved to the States and went to middle school in the States and then high school. And I was very active. I was on swim team. I was Mm -hmm. on volleyball, on the volleyball team, super, super active. I couldn't put on an ounce of weight if I tried. I remember like, oh my gosh, like raiding the vending machines after swim practice and eating an entire box of cookies myself before I would go home and polish off dinner with my family. And I would just eat and eat and eat and never gain weight. And I would go to Starbucks and get their frappuccinos with my friends on my breaks. And I remember going to Taco Bell and getting chalupas. And, you know, my my mom's probably not so (laughs) happy hearing that. But, um, yeah, so we, you know, it was, I mean, it was great. But at the same time, as soon as I stopped 
all of that. And I think it was my senior year. I was no longer on the swim team. I was no longer playing volleyball. And I instantly put on like 40 pounds. And I think I knew it, but I don't mm-hmm. think I wanted to be made aware of it. Mm-hmm. I saw my yeah. pant sizes getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it took my mom who finally came to me and told me that she was concerned and that I had put on a lot of weight in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And she said it in the most loving way possible, but it was like that was the the switch that like I needed. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, shit. Mm-hmm. If my mom's coming to me and telling me, then I need to like get my acting gear. Yeah. And, you know, at home it was like I could eat all of these healthy foods and be supported that way. But I think in that high school mindset, I just thought I need to eat less food. So I started restricting myself a lot and then sort of binging, Mm. not necessarily binging, but just more like restricting, restricting during the week and then letting up on the weekends or choosing like days that would be like my cheat days. I remember all these stories that are coming out. My mom's going to hear them and and my dad and be so shocked and and disappointed in me. But um, Mm -hmm. I would take their lunch money that they would give me and save it in a jar with my best friend. And we saved it. I think we saved up for about two months to buy this Abtronic belt. The Ab belt. Do you guys remember that? Yes. As seen on is that TV. the one that, like, that vibrates or yeah, is it like, like sends little shocks yeah. or whatever? So it's like jiggle up your fat and Wait, you're not supposed to. Wait, that's everything. Yeah. So we would go to school early, go down in the locker room and put it on, like trade. Like I would use it for five minutes and then she would use it and then we'd like pack Whoa. it up and put it back in our locker. And then I remember one so time. So it worked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so well. So it worked. So well. You're like all of a sudden you have like a ripped eight, eight pack. pack. You're yeah. like, what? Yeah, you're like only five minutes. <laughs> and that's the end of my story. I got an eight pack and reached my goals. <laughs> and then, you know, we bought like these stinger pills that we got at some Rite Aid convention. Seen them. them. I mean, they're basically just diet pills. Yep, caffeine pills. Caffeine pills. You have no appetite. And we both proceeded to get every side effect on the back of the box from like shakes to dizziness to like feeling like we were going to die and vomit. Really? Yeah. And just like dealing with it because we thought, you know, it's worth it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, that was in summary some of like the high school stuff that sort of like started to perpetuate my habits. And then I got into college and I did lose weight going into college. So instead of the freshman 15, I think I lost 15 or 20 before college. Mm. Um, But it wasn't in a healthy way. I mean, it was from restriction. And then um, into college, it became, I didn't really drink that much in high school, but in college, it was like balls to the walls, binge drinking. Mm. And I was introduced to, you know, Smirnoff and Mike's Hard Lemonade and pizza, which was around the corner for $5 for Mm -hmm. a whole box. And, you know, it became that same, like I took those restrictive habits I had and then just made them worse. So like in college, it was now, oh, eat kind of healthy throughout the week. So that then like Thursday, not even throughout the week, like Mm -hmm. three days of the week. So then Thursday through Saturday, I could then go out with my friends and binge drink and eat fourth meal. You know, I didn't want to miss out. Like, I wanted to be social, and I didn't want to be thought of as being, like, the square or the loser. But I was always also always aware that those foods did not react well on my body. And I never felt good. I felt, like, horrible Mm -hmm. the next day. 
But I just did it because I wanted to fit in and it was fun in the moment. And I loved dancing and I needed that liquid courage to get on mm-hmm. the dance floor. And so, yeah, I think college was just very up and down. I was in a emotionally like abusive relationship for four years. Wow. That's a long time. Yeah. All of college. Wow. Yeah. So that I think, you know, plays a huge role in your confidence and, and how you think of yourself too. And just, you know, looking back on it, I know the way that he treated me was because he didn't want to lose me and he was scared and it was manipulative, but he would put me down and then bring me back up. And just this constant cycle of like putting me down and bringing me back up. And I think, you know, my choices with my food and my health habits reflected that too. Like whenever he would put me down, I would not eat anything or, you know, work out for two hours on the treadmill and then wait until the weekend and just blow it all with drinking Mm -hmm. and eating. So yeah, that was pretty much college. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, left that relationship, the end of college, moved to Portland, got a job as a weight loss consultant um, with this nationwide weight loss company, which my mom actually worked for at the time. She really did pioneer um, hormone testing at that center. But the deal was I needed to go on the diet in order to be a consultant there. Yeah. Wow. You've only just begun. <laughs> yeah. So it was like... Wait, sorry. Can, uh, yeah, yeah. What did you study in school? Um, in college, what? I studied journalism. Okay. Yeah. and So you can become a consultant there... You was it right out of college? Yeah. You don't need, you just need a bachelor's degree okay. um, and just an interest in health because they want to train you their way. I think it's one of those mm-hmm. places where they'd rather you not really have any education. Yeah, or, that's, that's mm-hmm. what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah okay. they want you to learn. You know, they kind of want to mold you. And, yeah. and they do give you like quite a bit of really helpful training. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, I mean, I was really fortunate to have that job right after college because I graduated during the time of the recession yeah. and it was terrible. And I love working with people. And I think that job made me really realize that I love totally. that interaction with, yeah. with people and with clients that, you know, they're, some of them had upwards of 300 pounds to lose. So you're not only dealing with weight, but you're dealing with a ton of emotional baggage. Um, you're dealing with people that are in seriously abusive relationships mm-hmm. that are extremely insecure who come from really broken homes, who, you know, don't want to be seen in the light of day, who refuse to exercise because they don't want to put on workout clothes that are going to hug their skin. You know, it's it was very deep, and it was really mm. deep coming from college when I, you know, was still dealing with my own, you know, self-worth yeah. and, and weight and all of that. And so I did lose weight on the program. I lost, I want to say... Between 30 and 40 pounds. What's the program? Whoa. It was, the program put you into ketosis, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't high fat, which Mm -hmm. makes it so much harder. So is that ketosis? Yeah, because you were eating, well, you were eating fat in the form of protein. So you were eating a lot of protein, um, lots of low glycemic vegetables and fruits, but they allowed things like, I can't believe it's not better, stevia, Diet Coke, you know, it was a lot of demonizing healthy foods too. Like carrots are super high in sugar, so are onions, so you can't eat them ever. So I became afraid of foods that were healthy because they were on the do not eat list. And I I am a very like all or nothing when it comes to dieting and I've yo-yoed my whole life. And if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it perfectly. Mm-hmm. And so 
even being out to a restaurant and seeing a carrot on a plate, I would freak out. Like, I can't mm-hmm. have that. Or, oh, shoot, they mixed onions in with my, you know, stir fry. I don't know what to do. Like, trying to get them out mm. and just being so, so uptight about this diet. And then at the same time, trying to coach people when they're going through similar issues and coming, trying to come from an authentic, genuine place, which I think I did for the most part. I, I truly love the connections I made with clients, and I've always been, you know, good with recipe suggestions and, you know, tips and tricks for like busting through certain plateaus and uh, mindset activities and things like that. And mm. and so I think I learned a lot from my clients, and we had so many successes together, like watching them lose 150 pounds and exercise for the first time in their life. Or there was one guy who I remember, he told me this was the first time he'd ran in 40 years. Mm. And he used to fight with me, like, you're never going to get me to run. I don't know who you think you are, Missy. And then, you know, flash forward like months from there, and he's like almost in tears. I had a girl call me once from the fitting room in Nordstrom. Like, I just, I know this is your personal phone, but I had to tell you I'm fitting into this size jean. And it's those things that like, truly started to change my life and made Mm -hmm. me realize like, wow, this is something. But going back to my own struggle, I, I remember there was a time where I went out to dinner for my sister's birthday with my parents and my parents were on the diet as well, but they were a little bit more flex about it here and there. And, um, they ordered like mixed greens and carrots, like sauteed carrots. And I was like, mm-hmm. you guys, like, your carrots are not on the plan. What are you doing ordering carrots? Mm-hmm. And I had this like mini meltdown at my sister's birthday dinner, like when it's supposed to be happy and fun. And I just started crying and we had to have this whole like family talk because I was so stressed out with how restrictive I was being. And after dinner, they wanted to get dessert for her, and I freaked out even more. Like, well, dessert's even worse. Like, what are we, what are we doing here? And you know, <laughs> I don't what know. are we doing yeah. here? Like, why, why are we in this chocolate shop? And I'm just like in the corner, like crying and oh freaking out. And they're ordering chocolates, and I am just like battling, not wanting to tell them not to do it, and also just wanting to scream at them, like, you know, what are you doing? Yeah, you're supposed to have willpower. Totally. And um. But all of it was resentment. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to do that. Like, I didn't want to be so freaking uptight. Mm -hmm. And I I wouldn't, I wasn't being social. I was, I thought it was fun at the time, but I had like movie marathons with my friends where we would make like my diet hot chocolate that I was allowed to have. And we would talk. And I remember just kind of amping myself up. Like, this is great. Like, I don't mind, I don't miss being hungover. Like, I have so much more time. Like, I don't miss. You know, being social, Mm -hmm. I'm so much more productive. Mm -hmm. But in the end, it was like, I needed a balance. I didn't need to be so all or nothing. Mm -hmm. So, And they also at your job used to weigh you. Yeah. So at her job, they'd weigh her. They'd weigh all the consultants. On a Monday after the weekend on purpose. Wait, that's fucking crazy. I'm like blown away. But also, I realized the word diet gives me shivers. It's a Mm four-letter word. It's like... Because I think now it's so about like lifestyle. It's your mm-hmm. like make it a lifestyle, not mm-hmm. a diet and restrict. But wow, that's incredible. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it definitely was a diet. It's always a diet when there's a list of foods you can't eat. You know, 
so and true. it's a, not necessarily that you can't eat, but it's a you know for X amount of time, mm-hmm. like for a long period of time until you reach this perfect weight. You cannot have these foods, not a lick, not a bite, not a taste. They used to call them BLTs, like bite, lick, bites, licks, and taste. No BLTs. No, no BLTs. Licks or taste. Like, which actually I think is kind of a good concept. Yeah. Do you know, because like if you're trying to lose weight and you are out to dinner and you're having bites of people's shit and you're trying mm. people's shit, that's like 300 calories, mm-hmm. whatever, calories, whatever. But that's like, it adds up and you don't count that into your daily, you know. Yeah. And I think it comes more with like a lesson in mindfulness mm-hmm. more so than like demonizing a bite like mm-hmm. or a taste. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it was the way that it was worded. It was mm-hmm. like, if you lick the spoon when you're making tomato soup for your family, that's kicking you out of ketosis. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it was always like, you are doing this. Oh. Now, you are now set back three days. So is it worth it to you? Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of, I don't think that's positive reinforcement. And I do agree with, like, totally agree with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have a bite here and there, like, that you, That definitely adds up over time. But I think it was just the way it was positioned. Yeah. Yeah, and the Tanita scale was like, it would read your body fat percentage, and that's what they were looking for when they weighed us after the weekends. And I remember coming in one time, and they told me, wow, Jessica, you're up 3%. What happened this weekend? And, you know, tell me about it. You were looking so great. What? Yeah. You were looking so I great. was, and apparently after like, the weekend. Can you I, see the 3%? Yeah, exactly. I'm, like, confused. You were looking so Yeah. Great. And I had had drinks that weekend, so I'm sure it was a lot of me holding on to water weight and sodium or whatever. But were, were they perfect? Like, what's going on? No. Yeah. Not by any means. I mean, I think every single person— Was your was your mom aware of this? Like, I know she was doing it, too. Not to bring your mom into it, mm-hmm. but I mean, you're doing it together. Well, my sister worked at the— Right, worked the, there, too. At the place, too, but just in a different location. So, wow. Yeah. I mean, they became aware of it. I'm kind of a private person— when I've learned to open up more, but when it comes to these kind of things, like I feel like I can handle it on my own and I don't want to be a burden or, you know. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I've worked through that so much oldest. since then. What? Yeah, yeah I'm the oldest too. I get that. Yeah. Oldest. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think need I need help. I need everyone to help me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm the baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's kind of nice though to ask for It is nice to ask for, for help. Me. I, I mean, I, you know, I'm sure they were, weren't they going through it too? Weren't they experiencing? Did your mom get weighed? No, because she was in a different position. Yeah. I was uh, in the center. The you coaching. Know? Yeah. yeah. Actually physically there day to day. My sister was in a much more relaxed center than I was. Mine was pretty uh, strict. And it. so, and also, you know, she didn't have, not to say that she wasn't, you know, my, my sister did go on the diet and did lose some weight too, but I had more weight to lose. And it was really something that I felt that I needed to see through and I needed to do. And I was already really hard on myself. And then to go into this diet and then I tried a couple of of their other like accelerated diets, which were even more restrictive. And that's when I started to get super lightheaded. Um, I remember my arms hurting so bad I couldn't like straighten my hair. Like when I would like lift up my arms, my muscles were so sore. And... I just didn't feel good. I couldn't work out as much as I wanted to. But yet I'm sitting there like face to face with people, you know, trying to keep them accountable on this diet. So long story short, that really put a bad taste in my mouth. And even though I did gain so many valuable lessons from that place, like I really did. I learned so much more to be so much more reflective and intuitive about what I was putting into Mm -hmm. my body and the importance of self-care and 
and how to work with people and to help others. And I think it was an amazing experience overall, but because of it, I just completely went a different direction. Mm -hmm. And I met my husband in Portland while I was still in this job. And at this point I was like, I got to get out, but I don't know what I want to do. And he was kind of in the same boat. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, he was bartending and working. He's gonna hate me for telling you about this, but he was bartending and working at a at a used car lot, mm-hmm. selling cars. And he would go to work from eight to four at the car lot, and then go to the bar and work from six p.m. to four in the morning. Got to do what you got to do. Like five days a week. I did That's it. Amazing. I hear you. It's but you just do it. You do yeah. it. You just do it. But he was sick of it, and he was like, "I need to get out of here." Mm-hmm. So we. We met, we hung out, we dated, and we moved to Korea and taught English together for a year. We just, yeah, we decided to just do something crazy and different and just take some time to like really reboot and think about what we wanted to do with our lives and just go on this like crazy experience together. And it was amazing. And I won't go too deep into, into that, but I kind of proceeded on my journey of like, I started to work out for the first time consistently. And I think that was like the biggest takeaway from Korea was finally for the first time in my life, getting in a consistent workout routine mm-hmm. um, with strength training and starting to really see results with that. But in tandem with that, <laughs> becoming obsessed with calorie counting. Because as we all know, that's still a super popular method of weight loss, but it became extremely obsessive for me. And I would freak out and again, have like panic attacks when I would go over my calorie count on my fitness pal. So yeah, I mean, I got down more weight when I was in Korea and then, you know, it's been a whole, it's been a whole thing. Like I came back to the States and put back on weight because I was back and excited to see my friends Mm. and partying again. And I got into event production and started working in event production, eventually moved to Los Angeles where I kept working in event production and then got into a job in digital and PR and that's most recently. Mm. And that at that point, I really had gotten a handle on my weight. Like I was maintaining the weight that my body likes to be at with still being able to go out here and there and have things that I wanted to have with friends or go out and have a glass of wine or two or three and just get back on track, you know, that night or the next day or whatever and not feel guilty and just... I had figured, figured out a way of eating that worked for mm-hmm. me and a lifestyle, but... The stress of that job was so intense because we were on the clock 24-7, basically on call 24-7. I worked in social media, so it was like it never sleeps. And I, you know... It's just like an oxymoron because social media is fucking retarded. So (laughs) why the fuck would you need to be on call 24-7 to fucking tweet? Literally. Yeah. And, And it's like when that's your job, though, you become so obsessed with it as well, mm-hmm. like always tracking, always having to be on. And I had a specific client who I think it was her mission to destroy our weekends. And she would just email us like on Friday at five o'clock saying we had to work on a project all weekend. Or on a holiday weekend, I'm the one who did the posting. So messaging me that we had a, we were going to do a flash sale and we needed to create a campaign and post about it all weekend. And I like would be driving to the beach with my friends and have to turn around because there wasn't going to be cell service out there. Or I'd be out to lunch or brunch with my friends and I'd have to step outside and miss that brunch because mm-hmm. I needed to be on a conference call with everybody who she had just called in to work on this project. And I just got, it got so intense that I was 
kind of reverting some of the good habits I had. I was drinking way too much coffee to get through the day, mm. eating lunch at my desk, every, not taking a break ever, not drinking enough water, probably not eating at consistent times, staring at a screen for like 10 hours at a time. And I started to develop terrible migraine headaches. And it came on during like one of the most stressful campaigns that we had. And I had to, I felt like nausea coming on and I ended up having to leave and drive myself to the um, urgent care. And they like gave me Benadryl and some other stuff and I don't even know what, but Mm -hmm. I felt okay and I drove home and, and then I was sick for like five days, laying in the dark, nothing would help, throwing up, so sick. Then went back to work like three days later and it happened all over again. Mm. The next day I'm at work and I get nauseous again and I'm like, oh shit. And I, Mm. you know, I told everyone, because this is just how I am. Like, I'm going to drive myself home. I got it. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm good. And the second I get home, I'm just like projectile vomiting for Mm -hmm. like another 12 to 24 hours. And it put me on to this like train of seeing doctors, like help me. Like I need help. I have to go back to work. I manage all these social media accounts. I can't be gone. What Like, what do I do? And time and time again, I was just advised to take Vicodin or Imatrix. And so I, I don't want to say I was hooked, but I was reliant on them to be able to get through my working days. And what's Imatrix? Just a migraine medication. Vicodin for migraines? Yeah, right. Huh. It's crazy. It doesn't yeah, that's make much. Weird. It's a painkiller. So, yeah. but I had to take like four to really? feel it. Yeah, so I'd be loopy out of Wait, it, but what? at least my head wasn't hurting. Dang. Yeah, so I was in and out of these doctors' offices, and to get by, I was, you know, taking all this Vicodin. I mean, I was just kind of being like living, I guess, on mm-hmm. on these drugs yeah. and like surviving and making yeah. shit happen, but. I eventually was like, you know what? I've had enough. I'm these. This medication is not making anything better. So I ordered a book, and I, I think it's called Three Two One, Heal Your Headaches, Heal Your Headaches Three Two One, or something like that, mm-hmm. or the One Two Three Step Program. And um, it was written by this neurologist who had cured thousands and thousands of patients of their migraines, and he basically suggests a holistic eating plan, and it's a detox. Like mm-hmm. you do have to remove some foods that are said to be triggers for migraines and you do it for four months and he tells you to flush all of your medication down the toilet, go cold turkey, get off caffeine Mm. and basically take this time to just practice self-care. And I did it for four months and I, it's been like a year and a half and I haven't had a migraine. That's amazing. Yeah. Which I've had headaches, but I used to have more headache days than not headache days. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, so it was very, like, that was an awakening moment for me. And my team at that job was amazing. They they all got together and got me a, a massage at the Now, mm. which was the first time I'd ever been there. And Going there like, tonight. Oh, amazing. my God. Okay. Shout out, J-Hall. It was the massages. Oh, oh, yeah. Vanessa's not there until, like, middle of whatever. I'm, like, freaking yeah. out. Anyway. What the one Sarah? on Main. <laughs> yeah, the one on Main. Yeah, mm-hmm. I went to the one in Hollywood for the— Oh, nice. so that one's really cool too. Yeah. But yeah, it was amazing. And they were just so sweet and they totally understood what I was going through and tried to be as supportive as possible. But I think going through that, I had this awakening and I realized I can't be in a job that makes me feel this way, that causes me to have these migraines mm-hmm. where I have no work-life balance. Like I'm choosing work every time over anything else. Yeah. And I'm not taking care of myself the way that I should be, even though yeah. there are perks to it. But like, it's not me. And I know I don't want to do social media. 
That's yeah. not what I wanted to do. So I literally had a 3 a.m. epiphany one night, and I woke up looking like a crazy person, went into the corner of our studio apartment because we have a studio, and um, there's not many like places to be alone. And so I wrote out this whole business plan for, I don't know, it just clicked in my head. I'm going to become a health coach. Love it. Like, I have cured myself Amazing. of migraines, and I have done this before, and I realized it was like, obviously, I loved health coaching. I just didn't like the company. Why did I let it put this terrible taste mm. in my mouth to where I just completely diverted? And this makes some—and it just started clicking, and, like, these light bulbs were going off left and right, and I was getting so excited. And I think I wrote, like, 20 pages of this business plan, and all of these ideas were just flowing through me, and I couldn't—I couldn't stop writing. And I called my sister the next day, and, you know, I was telling Josh and my parents, and it was like, I, I have to do this. Like, wow. this is what I meant to do. And in order to do it, I need to quit this job. And so I signed up for the Institute for Integrative Nutrition to get my health coaching degree, which after a lot of research I found was like the number one nutrition school online in the States. There's a lot of other like copycat type programs mm -hmm. out there or programs that are a little less expensive and intense and you can get your certification quicker. But this was a year long, pretty intense, but also amazing because you can do it at your own pace. And the founder is so cool. And so I signed up for this program while I was still working at the job. And then I think it took me about a month of talks with my sister. Like, she is so amazing. Just these pep talks that we would have. And, like, her just telling me there's never going to be a right time. Mm -hmm. You know, I just kept being nervous. I don't want to leave the team, like, during this big project. And mm. and she just really was there for me, just like my husband was. And I, and I was so scared to tell my team. But they instantly were like, duh, this is so you. This is so much more you than what you're doing right now. And they were just instantly supportive. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this last like year, year and a half has just really been, I would say the time that I've felt my most blissful self. I found a way of eating that makes me feel really, really good. I've been consistently working out, you know, for years and I found the workouts that I enjoy. I've realized that you should only do workouts that you enjoy. You know, I'm bringing in, and I, that's everything that I've learned myself is what I want to share with other people. I want to share an undiet approach to living a holistic lifestyle. It's not just about the foods you eat because you can eat all the broccoli and kale in the world, but if you have a shitty relationship or you hate your job or you're completely burnt out or, you know, you're dealing with issues at home or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It's not going to make a, yeah. a difference the way that you want it to. And so you really have to incorporate every piece of the puzzle, which is, it is the foods that you put on physically on your plate, but it's everything else. It's, you know, your spirituality, your career, your relationships, you know, learning to really love yourself and, you know, commit to yourself and then bringing all those pieces and the hormone piece as well into it so that, you know, you can eventually find that blissful version of yourself. But being kind to yourself and allowing yourself time and know that this isn't a quick fix. You know, 90% of diets fail because they don't work because they're quick fixes. Mm -hmm. So it's not about another quick fix. It's about making small, attainable, achievable changes that you can bring with you for the rest of your life, not something you're going to do for six months and then go back to all the things that you were doing before. Yeah. I feel like that's what we would do each week too when we would work together. We would like 
do our goals for the week. So be like three goals and they could be really small. So it'd be like drink lemon water in the morning or journal. And a lot of times they weren't even like related to food. It was more like self-care type things. But I felt like it was like just having like a mirror to what I was saying to myself or having being able to be really open and honest about the conversations that I was having in my head about what I was thinking about my body or what I was like feeling about what I was doing or what I was eating was like really helpful to like mm-hmm. kind of like take it seriously and be like, okay, you kind of need to face, you need to face these conversations that you have in your head or like the energy that you put towards hating your body or hating yourself and figure out a way to like live with it, you know, and like Absolutely. manage it and like mm-hmm. kind of just like accept it or like recognize it rather than like avoiding it I guess Mm -hmm. what kind of things do you think that you were avoiding before that you're now sort of like more open Mm -hmm. to I think now it's just like I know myself more and I know what I do so it's like for me like knowing what what are trigger foods for me so it's like I can't fuck around with peanut butter almond butter granola certain things I just like can't fuck around with like Mm -hmm. I would buy them and be like oh they're healthy foods and like have them and I would like binge on them and eat like a hundred of them yeah you know and just kind of like the binging cycles that I would have with like binging and restricting so it'd be like a binge and then obviously I'd be like okay well I'm gonna binge now and then I'm not gonna eat you know I won't eat tonight I'm gonna you know have really light so it was like always the binge restrict cycles too that I was doing Mm -hmm. you know so it was like Mm -hmm. having the binge and then planning the restriction during my binge basically because I'm so ashamed of like the binge that I'm having you know that I'm already planning the restriction that I'm going to do afterwards so recognizing that like that and kind of breaking that down and like I don't know like not taking it so seriously I guess like it is very serious that it's happening but like I don't know just like what led to that like what was that like did you not eat enough at breakfast where you're Mm -hmm. like not satiated where you feel like you need to binge and then you are going to overeat and then you feel guilty because you're overeating you know what I mean like taking a a holistic approach of like thinking about it and never if I do binge you know not restricting just like all right now I'm going to get back on track and eat a normal Mm -hmm. meal blah 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 that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And just asking yourself those tough questions sometimes that aren't so easy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easier just to eat something and not think about it than it is to just stop and pause and take a minute and say, like, is this really what I need right now? Yeah. You know, and if I am going to eat this entire box of cookies or whatever it is, like, how am I going to feel afterwards? Am I going to feel better? Is it going to relieve that stress? Or am I just going to be guilty yeah. or ashamed? Mm-hmm. And then, carried in like you're saying to the next day where it's like oh well I'm just gonna make up for it by by working out for three hours yeah. and not eating anything and then it is that cycle because if you don't eat anything the next day you're gonna be famished when it comes nighttime and then it starts again mm-hmm. yeah and I think that's I mean that's it's tough I think a lot of women can relate to that and men can relate mm-hmm. to that and it is breaking that cycle that's so hard but I I would say like you've just from my experience working with mm-hmm. you you've you're so like introspective and like you really do ask yourself those questions and you're so mindful and thoughtful and like you really do and have wanted to make a change and I think it is about putting the work in mm-hmm. 
what you've done every mm-hmm. single day, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, helping to not binge and restrict is like, yeah, thinking about like what it is that I really want when I'm doing that. So like, do I want to like if not feel whatever's going on? You know what I mean? Is there something going on that I'm kind of like avoiding feeling? Like a lot, oftentimes too, it would be like, I want a break because I never really give myself a break. Like I'm pretty, pretty go, go, go. So it's like, I really just want a break. And like mm-hmm. a binge is like a break. You know, that yeah. I give myself where I'm doing something that I'm enjoying and that I'm, like, doing. You know, mm. like, a lot of times it would be, like, that. Like, it, I don't know. It would be, like, that type of thing. For sure. So, what do you do now instead? Well, I think now having a higher-fat diet and I think mm-hmm. not having sugar really anymore has helped where I'm just more calm about food. Like, being satiated and focusing on the fats, focusing on the protein and not having sugar— makes me feel so much, like, less crazy. If I'm having sugar in my diet or, like, I'm eating things that have sugar in them, I'm way more likely to binge because it's, like, if I have sugar, all of a sudden, I can even tell. It's a trigger. And I'm, like, like, the other—where was I? I was, like, home. I was in Detroit, like, two weeks ago or something, and we were at a team dinner, and everyone was having dessert, and I was, like, there was, like, a vegan dessert they got for me, which was so nice. So I was, like, having some of it, and I could, like, feel the, like, pleasure pleasure centers mm-hmm. going off in my brain. I was, like, oh, this is, like, annoying. Like, because then I'm, like, yo, I want to, like, pull over on the side of the road and, like, go to 7-Eleven and, like, get, like, a treat. I don't eat, like, shit. I would never, like, eat Haagen-Dazs, quote-unquote, but, like, whenever I want sugar, I want more of it. Yes. You know? So, like, mm-hmm. kind of, like, not having having it makes me feel so much more in control about like what I'm eating and when I'm eating it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, sugar is so hard to avoid yeah. in this country. I love the stat that there's over 600,000 food products in the American food industry and 80% of them contain added sugar, which means that if you were to go to the grocery store, Ralph's, you know, Vaughn's, if you removed all the added sugar, you'd be left with 20% of the store. And that's added sugar. That's not counting all, you know, sugar Normal. and fruits or anything Damn. like that. That's just added sugar. Damn. Yeah. So it, it's tough. And, you know, I always tell my clients, too, that it's not for lack of willpower. It doesn't make you a bad person or that you're not stronger, or, you know, you're not strong enough because you have sugar cravings and you succumb to the cravings, is that sugar is literally in everything and your body becomes biologically addicted and you crave it and you can't it's like that quote that everyone says like pass me the sugar and no one will get hurt or killed or Mm -hmm. or pass me the chocolate and no one will get killed it's a real thing and and so I think it's building that awareness around you know sugar and the fact that it is you know, despite our best efforts to eat healthy and to buy products that we think don't have sugar in them, more 80% of the time they probably do. So mm-hmm. like peanut butter. Or I was just at Trader Joe's and I, I, even I, I bought sunflower seed butter. And I was like, oh, score. I've been wanting to try this. I'm such a label reader. And I took it home and realized I hadn't looked at the back of the label. And the first ingredient was high fructose corn syrup. Mm. Why? Yeah, why? Why? Yeah. I did that recently, too, where I was, like, not reading labels. And there was, like, a few things I bought. I'm like, oh, why did I buy this? Yeah, I don't know what it was. I was like, this is, like, so not me to not read the label. 
Well, and that's the thing is like you are super aware. Majority of people mm-hmm. aren't. So, like the bar, I feel like the 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 bar industry, meaning like the the protein nutritional, bar. yeah, protein yeah. bars, whatever. I don't fuck with those. Anymore. I mean, yeah, no, I I never feel amazing when I eat no, bars. But I used to eat them yeah. all the time. But now there's I don't fuck with so them. much sugar. Yeah, in most brands, yeah. but. The average American is like, well, it's a health bar, exactly. so I'm gonna eat it, and it's like there's 17 grams of sugar yeah. in it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like actually disturbing yep. in a tiny little yep. bar. I'm like, what the fuck is in it? Yeah. I was home, and it's like they were eating. I saw someone that I knew eating a bar, 17 grams of sugar, and it's like, well, it's a protein bar. It's like actually, that's like a fucking Snickers bar. Like it's a Snickers, yeah. Snickers bar. bar. Like 17 grams of sugar is way too much. You should try to. St- to stick for like under 10 mm-hmm. in things that you eat or yes. buy, like single digits for sure. And there shouldn't be like added sugars. You don't need that. It makes you crazy. And it's the marketing too. It's like the whole grains, high protein, you know, even organic. Mm-hmm. It's like you see those buzzwords, not all natural. And, like, mm. and it's like, oh, perfect. And you assume protein bar, like that means it's supposed to be for after mm-hmm. workout to refuel you. Yep. Um, and there's so few protein bars that have low sugar. Yeah. I don't know any. Well, I mean, the fake, they're like fake. Well, there's Primal Kitchen. Have you? Yeah. yeah. You guys had it. Yeah. yeah. I only um, like one of their flavors right now. I'm like the the chocolate, the coconut. Cashew. Oh, cashew. yeah, yeah. We yeah. The chocolate ones. I'm, I, we love Primal Kitchen. I freaking love Primal Kitchen. Yeah. yeah. I love the, like the more like coconutty, nutty I ones. Love their, I love um, that one. Dressings. Me oh, too. The dre- oh, the, the dressings and the mayo. The chipotle, the chipotle mayo. mayo. Oh, my God. I had it to so that. addicting, so good, so good. Yeah, I am addicted to and that. And the the I love the collagen fuel. Yeah, so mm-hmm. good. Yeah, definitely. Primal. That's a really really good brand. I'm trying to think of other things I've learned since our journey. Yeah. I think also too learning that like my relationship with my body makes me who I am, and it like helps me connect with more people and like be more human to more people. You know, and mm-hmm. that I probably will always have the conversation in my head about my body, like, all the time. Like, it's probably going to be there. But it's, like, managing it. Yeah. And being able to share your story, too, yeah. with other people, I think, yeah. is so mm-hmm. powerful. Yeah. Like, you have this platform here, and just even you talking about it right now is—I think it's very brave. And it's, you know, for so many of us, it's hard to talk about these things because yeah. it's so personal and if it's something that we've been holding in for a long time it's just not easy because it can open the floodgates mm-hmm. and but I think the fact of the matter is everybody in some every woman I think and not you know has at some point experienced mm. whether or not it's about your weight mm-hmm. but it's it's body image it's everywhere it's mm-hmm. all over it's social media it's marketing it's your friends mm-hmm. like being around friends sometimes that can trigger little things even yeah. though they don't mean to yeah um, seriously but yeah it, all the time I'm like my friends I'm like this is like kind of fucking annoying <sighs> like all of you are like supermodels like mm-hmm. all my friends are literally like models like oh my god well I need an ugly friend <laughs> Need. Look who's talking, honey. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Let's it's just hard, I think, as women, we just compare by nature. So it's I don't compare myself to anyone. I just compare my I just didn't like compare myself to myself. I swear to God. Mm -hmm. Like maybe I am comparing myself to other people. Yeah, I am actually sometimes because I'm like, I'm the biggest girl here, but 
by far. Like when I'm in LA, I'm like, yo, I'm definitely the biggest girl here. But it's more like just me being like, I should be at a place and I'm mm. not at that place. And it's so annoying. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that's what mine is more. But yeah, a lot of people's, some people's is they look outward. You know, they're like, I have enough of a conversation. I don't even look, need to look outward where people look at social media comparable. But I'm like, I don't even want to fucking do that. Like, Because you know that that would perpetuate oh, it. yeah. Yeah. I mean, who's got time for that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think I think it was Danica, actually, at, yeah. at your event, who was saying that she realized that her whole feed is body positive. Yeah. And it makes such a difference. Love and that. And yeah. I've realized that my feed's kind of starting to change to, you know, it's a lot of health coaches and nutritionists and just really positive posts and, and supportive people that are, you know, all kind of rooting for the same cause. Yes. And I realized before I was following so many um, girls and, you know, like fashion bloggers and, and people that I was comparing myself to without even sometimes realizing it. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I think to an extent that if you're going to, if you're going to use those comparisons for some sort of like motivation, where yeah. it's like, you know what, good for you, girl, like you look good and I'm going to use what you've done and your story and what you're sharing to like, maybe go out there and try to Mm-hmm. reach my goals too mm-hmm. and, you can, and you can be positive about mm-hmm. it then I think that's okay but I think when it's like oh my god like look at her and it's like you start almost thinking like nasty thoughts about that person like yeah. not liking them because 100%. they have what you want and you yep. don't have it and judging them yep and like but she da, da, da. yeah but she that but she she probably gets so much work done. But she mm-hmm. uses Photoshop. But she... It's yeah. like tearing someone down to make yourself yeah. feel better. Like, oh, it's probably the, the lighting, you know, and whatever. But then it's like, yeah. it's justifying it in mm-hmm. your head. But then also, you know, bringing up feelings of just like shame and guilt around your, around your own body. Mm-hmm. And I think too, something else that we did, we talked about was like thinking about the relation, my relationship with my body and food as it relates to like growing up and like my childhood. So like how I was raised and how that plays into like my relationship with my body. You know, like my mom, it was like never good enough. Like she, whatever weight she was, like she always said, she's like the worst thing that could ever happen to my kids was for them to be fat. So like when she's older... Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's it's very true. Like whatever upbringing you come from, like these influences, these role models that are supposed to be role models in our lives. Yeah. You know, play a huge role in just how you how you feel about yourself and how you think about yourself. It's everything. Yeah. It is everything. Your parents are and and you know what? I think as we get older and we're like adults and we see our parents and our parents didn't have a health coach. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like our parents, you know, are probably still dealing with all that stuff. Thank God that we have the resources yeah. and awareness, but it's like, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, so they were in no position really to say anything about it because they're in a place where they're still kind of on their journey and you know what of I mean? Course. And it's so... I mean, I so shaping. It's it's so true. Like even subconsciously, like I think about it when I'm a mom, you know, and and try to remind myself when you're a mother, don't put yourself down in front of your kids. Yeah, mm. like that was like all the time. It was like Everything. never. She was never thin enough. She was never whatever. Always mm. would be like, oh, I'm so fat or whatever. Yeah, and we like heard that. You know, you you hear that. Like whenever, well, actually, it was weird. I was in a Barry's the other day. A Barry's 
boot camp in Tennessee. There was all these women in the bathroom and they were all literally talking shit about their bodies to each other. They're like, oh, I have like, I wish I had your back or something like that. I have the worst arms, like saying all this <sighs> shit about their body. It was like terrible. Mm. It's true. And it's almost, what's actually kind of crazy, I feel like this is like the first time I'm thinking about it, but that it's like you kind of, it's fucked up, but like you kind of bond over 100%. putting yeah. each other down. Like or putting, putting yourself, yourself down, down with other of, people. Yeah. yeah. So yep. like, oh, well, I hear that. like you're saying, like I have, you know, like one person says like, well, oh, I wish I had your ass or like, I don't have a butt. Well, yeah, but you have great boobs and, you know, but, and I don't have this. And it's like, you kind of build each other up in this sort of like weird. unhealthy, yeah. weird way. Yes. Yeah. And unfortunately that's just, it's not like any of us are being malicious when we do it or that it's intentional, but it's just part of our society. Mm -hmm. So I think it is more about like learning to accept compliments. That's something that I've been working on yep, basically 100%. my whole life. Not saying, no, no, that's not true. Just saying thank you. Or like not even like, oh, thank you, but like, oh, wow, that's so sweet of you to say. Like, I really appreciate that. Yeah. Because even if you don't believe it, accepting it and, you know, thanking someone for it is like validation. Like, you know what? Maybe that is true. Maybe I don't believe it right now, but it's so much better than just mm. always like pushing away a compliment and then downgrading, downplaying it in your own head. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, well, they probably just said that because they felt awkward or, you know, they don't really believe it or I don't believe it. And you kind of over analyze the compliments that people give you. But I mm -hmm. think it's about like, learning to just appreciate and say thank you. And also see yourself through other people's eyes. Cause mm -hmm. I think like we mm -hmm. create this like alternate reality with our own eyes. So if I look in the mirror, yeah, yeah, I'm seeing like, I know that I am fit, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's my job. But it, when I look in the mirror, there are some days when I like wake up feeling just kind of like shit. Yeah. And on those days I look in the mirror and I'm like, thighs, this, that, that. Like, you create this crazy alternate reality when I looked the same yesterday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's just like you get into this space. So I think sometimes it is nice to get a compliment from someone, you yes. know, and be like, thank you. Like, yeah, like yes. Like, I, it kind of brings me back, I guess, mm -hmm. like sometimes, like from outside of my own yeah. head mm -hmm. or out of my own lens. Like, because, you know— I think now, I don't know, we surround ourselves with people, I think, who do give genuine compliments. 100%. So yes. it's like when someone says something to me, I'm yep. usually like, they thank you. Yeah. Like, I, I thank you for like kind of readjusting. Like, yes, okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, it's when that comes from that place or someone that you know truly genuinely means it and they say it at that the time when you need it the most, mm -hmm. you know, or just so those open, like you, Kristen, I, I mean, when I see you, it's like, you're just so warm and open and you always like say something like positive and complimentary. And I feel like that just rubs off on other people. Mm -hmm. And it's so like, true. they want to pay it forward. Like mm -hmm. as soon as I get complimented, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I feel so good. Feels so good. Yeah. And like, I want to tell you something that I appreciate about you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not even a compliment. It's like a, a smile mm -hmm. or like, you know, personal touch or whatever that just makes you feel loved. And mm -hmm. I think you don't realize like those tiny interactions or those little minuscule things that you say to someone may not, don't take more than like 10 seconds for mm -hmm. you to say, but could mean the world to them. Yes. Um, and like you're saying, you know, about like looking at yourself in the mirror and some days not feeling 
so great. And then other days, like feeling pretty good. I think that the days that you're not feeling so great, if someone had said, you know, wow, Lindsay, check out your rock and bod, like mm-hmm. that may have been all you needed mm-hmm. to yeah. like keep going. So what advice would you give for our babes? Like some advice if they want to have a better relationship with their body. There's so many things. I mean, I think celebrating every victory, like no matter how tiny or every win. Mm. And I think that, you know, I know that all of your listeners are just such go-getting people. Like we're Mm. all go-getters. We're all doing these different things. We're all moving a mile a minute. Yes. And it can oftentimes be so easy to to let the little slip-ups in life get you down and to focus so much on, you know, how you look or how you feel, the negative aspects of it, but not stopping in the day to say, you know what, like, my hair is looking fly today. Mm -hmm. Or like, I just went to the grocery store and I surpassed like all of my trigger foods and I chose something that I knew was going to be you know, satiating and satisfying and filling and make me feel great. But, um, and I went home and I I cooked myself dinner and I did that and I'm proud of myself for that. And maybe later on, I ended up like binging on something or, you know, something else happened that kind of threw me off. But it's like, don't allow that thing to like discount everything else that you've done in the day. Mm -hmm. And just consciously every single day trying to pull those little wins and say them to yourself and don't just say them, but believe them. Mm it makes a huge difference. Like I play this positivity game with myself and sometimes people around me where if I sense like negativity in a space or I feel like everyone's just complaining, like, you know, those days where it seems like everyone's yeah. having a bad day and we're all sort of feeding off of each other's complaints. Mm-hmm. I play this game where I'm like, okay, you guys want to play a game, but you all have to commit. And, you know, the second you commit, we're doing this. And usually people say yes. And then it's like, from now until the rest of the night, we're going to only say positive things. Mm. And if you feel a negative coming on, you need to turn it into a positive. So like, how can you pull a positive from that negative? Mm. And it's crazy, but when I do it, I feel like everybody I'm with just has such a better time. Mm -hmm. We're all like closer together. We feel like our spirits are lifted. It's like this endorphin burst, Mm. like booster. And it sounds silly, but it's just the power of positivity. And so... I think that would be like a major piece of advice. That's helped me too. Yeah. Because when I talk to you, it's like, how was your week? I did this, I did this, I did this, but then I had this. You're like, and you focus always on the positive things because people are doing a lot more positive things than they think. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of like aspects to it. Like if you're journaling, if you're sleeping well, if you're not doing caffeine, if you're doing tea instead, if you're eating a salad at lunch, like there are more positives that people are doing than they think. Yeah. I think that there's a ton. There's so many. There's probably a lot more positives than negatives. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's something that's helped me too, and I'm glad that love that. Yeah, let's talk about sugar and your sugar detox. Yes. yes. So yeah, sugar. As we were talking about earlier, it's in everything. When I sit back and I think about my undiet approach and my approach to finding a lifestyle um, that works for you long term, I do truly believe that. You shouldn't be given, you know, a list of foods that you can and cannot eat for an extended period of time, which is a diet. And until you reach your goals, you must stick with that. It's very much more about like making those slow, attainable, you know, adding in, like Christo was saying, like adding in lemon water in the morning and, you know, the next week maybe swapping out the rice that you ate at night for cauliflower rice or 
you know, switching up your workout routine to do something that you enjoy more, try a new class, like all these little things, you know, self-care routines. But when it comes down to it, if you have a sugar addiction and your body is biologically addicted to sugar, then it makes it really hard to try to stick with a healthy eating plan you know, despite your best efforts. Like you might really, really be trying to cut back on sugar because you know that it makes you feel better. But every time you have it, those endorphins or those, um, the dopamine is released and you feel good. And every time you eat sugar, more and more dopamine, that feel-good hormone is released. And it's the same hormone that's released when you have sex or you do drugs or you engage in social activities. And the more sugar that you eat, your dopamine receptors start to get numb. And so you have to eat more sugar and more sugar to fill the same euphoric effect. Mm. And there's so much more to say on sugar, but I just feel like when you are biologically addicted to sugar, you cannot walk by a plate of cookies at three o'clock when you're feeling you know, completely drained of energy and not grab one. So... I think that a sugar cleanse is a great way to kind of give yourself a nutritional restart, a reboot, to kind of jump you off into a lifestyle that you can maintain that is not a diet. Mm-hmm. And I will, I'll never call it, this sugar cleanse is not a diet. It is, it's just that, it's a nutritional reset. It's a cleanse for a short period of time. And the idea behind it is that it's five days of prep and then 10 days of like the actual sugar cleanse, which I think is a very attainable amount of time. And then 10 days of transitional phase where you're going to add in a few more foods. And then of course, like the lifestyle transition where you've kind of taken what you've learned and you figure out a way of eating and 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 living that you can take on with you. Mm. So, you know, and doing sugar cleanses myself, and I actually have um, a couple of clients that have done um, a variation of the sugar cleanse already. It's like, you know, the first few days are hard because you're detoxing and you really start to realize like, oh my gosh, this is... I'm addicted. I'm addicted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like the headaches that can come with it. Headaches, lightheaded. Yeah. Oh Mood my God. swings. Um, my husband did... Ten day, the ten day sugar cleanse, and he said he was having the worst mood swings. Really, and he was like hell bent that he didn't really eat a lot of sugar, and he was like, "Oh my gosh, babe! Like I have been moody at work. Mm. I have no energy, you know." But it's like it's a three day period of time, and the thing that you have to remember is that your body is detoxing, and it's actually it's responding to the cleanse, which is a good thing, mm-hmm. but it, it's, it can be hard for the first few days. And that's mm-hmm. when you really realize sugar is what they're saying eight to nine times more addicting than cocaine. Mm. And so after those three days, you know, you do start, I'm not saying exactly three, it could be longer or shorter for some people, but you start to come out the other side and you start to have more energy than you had before. You start to realize, oh my gosh, like I'm not craving sugar right now, or I can walk back the pass those cookies at three o'clock and really not care to grab one. Yeah. So you start to rewire your cravings. Um, your hormones start to, you know, get back into working order, communicating to your body, you know, when you're hungry, when you're supposed to be hungry and full, and you're supposed to be full. And once you start to feel that calmness around food, around sugar, being able to say no and feel good about that choice and reach for something that's going to make you feel more satisfied um, for longer, keep your blood sugar stable as um, stabilized for longer, then it's super freeing. Like you don't feel so crazy around this food. Like you don't feel mm-hmm. victim to your cravings and you don't feel like if you don't get, you know, a candy bar right away after, 
you know, your 10-hour workday and shovel it down while you're driving home, like, you might actually, like, go insane. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing for me is that I want to help people to stop feeling so dependent mm-hmm. and 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 when you when you don't feel that way and your energy levels start to lift and you realize that you can go longer amounts of times between meals without constantly needing a fix then it kind of not you start to naturally eat the foods that make you feel better and you feel more like Christo was saying like you feel calmer so i think the idea of the sugar cleanse is really to just detox off of sugar kind of kick those cravings to the curb mm-hmm. get your hormones back in somewhat of balance with the way that they are supposed to work when you do consume food and enjoying the dopamine release that you get from social activities and sex and other things besides sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also rewiring your cravings so that when you bite into a, sh- a strawberry or a blueberry, it tastes sweet. When your receptors are numbed by all the sugar, you know, your taste receptors are numbed by all the mm. processed sugar that you're eating, you're probably not going to enjoy a blueberry the same way that someone else might who doesn't eat a lot of sugar. True. So the nat- nature's candy does start to taste like a lot more satisfying to you and things like pecan butter. Like I love pecan nut butter because it's naturally sweet, but there's no added sugar. And mm-hmm. to me, it tastes like very sweet. Yeah. So yeah, that's essentially like the idea behind the cleanse. And then ideally it would be to transition into lifestyle, which is, okay, so... I am realistically going to go out with my friends sometimes and have a rosé. Mm-hmm. And I am going to go out with my friends and have a, a couple bites of dessert, but I'm not going to feel like I can't yeah. stop thinking about the dessert and I have to eat the whole thing or, yeah. you know, and it's just being more calm and centered and, and finding foods. Like you're not probably ever going to want to go back to the way that you ate before, but you're finding some sort of balance that you're able to continue on with hopefully long-term. So, yeah, that's kind of the gist of it. So, that you offer, so there's one, the short one, and then there's a long one, right? Um, so, where can people get these cleanses? Yes. So, <laughs> so there's two options. They're both the same amount of time. But, okay. um, so the first is like your budget friendly option. Yeah. Um, so, that includes a welcome email from me with an electronic okay. PDF, which is going to be filled with all of the information you need to be set up for success on this cleanse. You'll get, the phase one, which is the prep phase, phase two, which is the actual sugar cleanse. Oh, and I forgot to mention, it is called the sexy sugar cleanse. (laughs) And it has all the foods you need to buy and everything like that. Okay. So then phase three is that transitional phase. And then you'll have everything from meal guidelines Mm -hmm. to self-care routines, detox support, supplement recommendations, some of my favorite products. I give five sample meal days. Um, and then a Pinterest board, which I've created with a bunch of approved recipes. Mm. So it's like a secret board and I'll continuously add to it. So it's not like it's just going to stay with the same recipes. I'll probably love like that. remove and add, you know, like I go on Pinterest all the time. So I, I love it. And I carefully go through each one of these recipes to make sure that it's something that I wholeheartedly would recommend. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and there's a lot of other stuff in there too. It's pretty long mm-hmm. and, but it's, you know, it's got all of the top line details that you need. And I'm really proud of it. I think that it's, you know, it's it's great. And and that option for you is available for $30. Mm-hmm. So that's a 50% discount for almost 30 listeners. For almost 30 exclusive. Yeah, 30 for 30. Originally 60. Originally 60. 30 for 30. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, that's the first option. And then the second. It's got all the recipes, the guide, mm-hmm. welcome email, everything you need. Everything you Love need. Love it. Yeah. So that's just really if you're like, okay, I, you know, I, 
not feeling real flush right now, but I really want to do this. Yep. With that option, though, I really suggest that you find some sort of accountability partner yep. or that you join, you know, a support group or that you yeah. have someone that's keeping you accountable or who wants to do it with you mm-hmm. um, because you're always going to be more successful if you have that in your life, um, which is why I do personally recommend the second option, which is the electronic PDF with all of the information that I talked about, but then it also includes three coaching sessions with me. And I highly recommend this option because not only will you receive the support and accountability from me, um, but the program will be personalized to your individualized needs. So together, we can work through challenges. We can focus on specific areas of support that you need, your goals, set you up for long-term success after the cleanse, and then also just make sure that you're doing this cleanse during a, a period of time where and I recommend this for both options, that you're in town. You're not like doing a ton of traveling. You don't have a ton of parties coming up or anything that might just really throw, you throw a wrench in it. Yeah. yeah. But just pick, you know, three weeks to a month where you're like, okay, I'm doing me. This is my time to focus on me, to focus on this cleanse, and to focus on not just the foods that you're putting into your body, but what self-care you know, routines do you have in place and what can we add? And journaling, that's another part of the PDF is a food and mood journal that I provide you with a bunch of starter questions, prompts to get you going. Love that. Yeah, and so that second option, which includes the three coaching sessions, is available for almost 30 listeners at 30% off, which comes out to $210. Love that. So you're getting that electronic PDF, everything, the three coaching sessions, and then also some email support. Good. So if you have questions in between. Yeah, your emails to me were amazing. Oh, yeah. They're really good. They would always summarize our time. They were amazing. I'm glad. Yeah. I love amazing. writing those emails. They're they so, so fun. Happy. I still have all of them. I love them so much. I have to like cut myself off for making them too long. Oh. I get like, That's your journalism. I get going. <laughs> um, okay. Um, where, where can people buy that? Yeah. So if you're interested in either of the options or you just want to chat about working mm-hmm. together, whether it's just coaching, because um, I do offer one-on-one coaching, as well as the hormone piece too. My mom and I are now collaborating. Mm-hmm. So you can work with her and me together. So um, that's pretty awesome. But if you want to get this sugar cleanse, email me at... Jess at bodyblissbyjess.com and mention almost 30. Great. Bodyblissbyjess.com is the website, right? Yes. Yes. Bodyblissbyjess.com and then that's also my social handles. Yes. Bodyblissbyjess. B-O-I-S-S. Blissbyjess.com. And... You know, I one other thing to mention about it is that if you, you know, if you want to sign up tomorrow and get the cleanse, we don't, you're not committed to starting the cleanse tomorrow. We can talk and then choose a date that's going to be realistic for you. It could be two months from now. I mean, I would say while you're motivated, get going. But mm-hmm. at the same so time, true. you really want to make sure that you're doing this during a time that's going to make sense for you. Mm-hmm. And the last piece of it is that if you're feeling amazing after 10 days on the cleanse and you're like, I want to keep going, like I want to do this for another mm-hmm. 10 days, that's fine. We can extend it, but it is designed to be, you know, a 10 day, 10 day of that like super Intense, sexy sugar yeah. cleanse. Yeah. Sexy amazing. sugar cleanse. I love so it. Excited. So excited for you. Yeah. It's amazing. Thank you for sharing your story too. Of yes. course. I know it's a lot amazing. of our listeners will yes. yeah. relate and So where can people connect that. with you one more time? Yes. So Jess at bodyblissbyjess.com. And then um, bodyblissbyjess.com is the website. And then bodyblissbyjess on Instagram and Facebook. Great. 
Love it. I appreciate oh, and love you guys. Oh, yeah, love, love you too. This is amazing. Great, great. Obviously. <laughs> okay, guys. Love you so we much. Can't ya. wait to hear what you think about this one. Yeah. Um, let's chat about it in the secret Facebook group. I know that we're always talking about deep stuff sharing everything so would love to have a conversation with this about this in our secret facebook group and thanks so much for donating to patreon that means so much to us yes we're so happy to give you the extra episode a month and give you some of the swag for your donations on patreon.com almost 30 and thanks so much for rating the reviews it means everything thank you so much love we you guys love see you guys. next week bye bye, bye.